This is Presenting the Producer, a podcast for aspiring producers. I'm Lisa Tui, your host. Now, in today's episode, we're looking at ways into the industry. Like most creative industries, radio doesn't have a set career path. It's very much a path you have to carve out for yourselves. So if you're sitting there with all this bottled up eagerness, but clueless is how to break the ice between you and your station, listen up. Today, we're going to hear from a range of professional producers and hear how they broke their ice. Before we get into it, I want you to take comfort in knowing that they started from where you are now. None of them simply knocked on the door of their dream job. All of them dabbled and moved around and picked up skills along the way. You'll hear their individual journeys and afterwards we're going to examine some common themes. Themes that if you remember and utilise on your path, it'll make it that much easier for you to break your own ice. First up is Phil Smith, the current producer of Six Music's Breakfast Show. Unusually, he managed to land a job straight out of university, but spoke to me pretty candidly about the struggles of that. I've worked pretty much straight away at a station called TalkSport and I've started doing the worst shift in radio which is weekend overnights. It's the worst job in any radio because at three o'clock on a Saturday morning, there's no callers, no one's interested and you're trying to create content. So I did overnights for maybe two or three years, did weekend overnights, I did weekday overnights, straight out of university and I was producing this national talk show. It was a hell of an experience. You have to learn quickly. I progressed from overnights, I did loads of day stuff as well. I then went to work for a company called Wired, who were a production company and they worked for the film industry. My job was to travel, go around Europe to all the film premieres. You know, that when film stars sit in a hotel room all day, I had to go and interview these film stars. And we would come back and put the audio together for podcasts. And then we discovered that we were filming them, so we might as well make video podcasts. I used some of the skills that I had at, at Sunderland to start making video. But if I'm really honest, when I was at university, I really didn't care about anything else. Video took forever. Radio was so instant. And I thought, well, why are you wasting your time making a video? You could do radio straight away. But then actually when I started making it, it became really interesting. From there, a guy at the World Service saw the work and came to me and offered me a job at the BBC World Service. So I went to work for the World Service for about two years. And so when I was at the World Service, we started doing behind the scenes videos, meet the presenters, and people lapped it up because when you're sitting in you know, these countries in Africa or in, the, or in the Far East or in the Middle East or somewhere listening to the World Service, they imagine what it's like to meet these people who they listen to day in, day out. And so these behind-the-scenes videos, they loved it. And so we just kept making more, and it was so interesting. And from my point of view, I got to meet all these programs, teams and presenters and all those bits and pieces, and that was really interesting. And then I got a job at Six Music, and I started off as a assistant producer on Steve LeMax's programme. Then I moved to Breakfast after a few years and was assistant producer on Breakfast. Then I went back to LeMax's programme and produced that and now I'm producing Sean Keaveney. So I've been producing Sean for about three years. So what can we take from Phil's path? Well, have perseverance. Your first radio job might not be the dream one, but there's something to be learnt in it. Sticking it out is worth the skills you'll learn there. Phil moved on from the graveyard shift into daytime because of his determination to consistently show up and learn. Phil learned video editing at university, and while it wasn't his first love, it was that extra shine of video that made him stand out to the world's service. What are you good at? Are you that person that can cheer someone up in a few minutes? Can you script a solid cue? Could you rival a private investigator in gathering research about an interviewee? Surely all those hours spent on Facebook taught you a thing or two about info gathering. 
Also, look at what Wired did for Phil. How much do you know about independent production companies? If you'd never considered joining one, do your research. I've never had a BBC contract. I've always worked for indies, including TBI, Wise Buddha, and now Reduced Listening. For example, Jack Howson. I met Jack in London shortly before Late Junction, the show he was working on that night, went out on Radio 3. Currently, he's a member of Reduced Listening, an indie group, and his path into radio wasn't conventional in the traditional sense at all. In fact, it started when he walked out of a TV company and into a world of record labels which was his musical training ground. After university, I started working for a TV company as a semi-writer, and then I didn't like television, so then I started working for some record labels, which was good for discovering lots of new music. And then I just applied to do some work experience at Six Music, and very fortunately, they had a work experience person who was meant to come in the next day who'd just dropped out. So I literally got a phone call straight away, just very good timing. And I'd made myself useful and made it so that they would have to invite me back and pay me by, by you know, doing a really good job and working hard and being really eager, but not so eager that you're annoying people, just being slightly chilled out, but good at what you're doing. Then, yeah, I've sort of stayed at Six Music doing all the shows since then, also produced on BBC London, Radio 3, 5 Live, and a lot of non-BBC stations as well. What can you take from Jack's path? Well, first, if you're not learning at a job, don't be afraid to shift to one closer to what you're attracted to. What Jack learned in his time with record labels proved to be instrumental in landing his role as a part-time producer of the very avant-garde, Late Junction. Also, pay attention to his advice on getting a placement and turning it into a paid position. Focus on being useful, eager and enthusiastic, but not hyper. I went to Edinburgh University and I did a geography degree, which is anyone's route into radio. This is Tim Johns, a producer and reporter for Radio 2's The Jeremy Vine Show, which clocks about 7 million listeners a week. Not bad for a geography graduate, right? Student radio was Tim's training ground, and it was something he dived headfirst into. Really, I did four years of student radio, and that was my degree, so lots and lots of student radio. And I did work experience here, there and everywhere, did a tiny bit of freelance work for BBC in Scotland, literally just holding a microphone while someone said something and I gave the audio to some producer and they paid me and I was like, wow, I got a paycheck from BBC. And then I was fairly lucky, I got quite quickly into local radio in a trainee position in the BBC. And I basically worked my way up from there, worked in Radio Lincolnshire for a while, Radio Humberside for a while, did lots of different jobs and some presenting and some producing and some reporting and did lots of news and I also did BBC Introducing. So I got to do everything, which was great. That was about six years and then I managed to get my foot in fairly firmly, which was also fortunate at Radio 2 on the Jeremy Vine Show, which is where I had my eye on for a while. Yeah, so I've been a producer and a reporter here for about four years. Tim acknowledges that he was lucky enough to get into the local radio circuit relatively early. But from his story, you can see that he was never afraid of moving between stations, nor doing a varied range of roles, like presenting, reporting, producing, and it all snowballed to get him to where he is today. Again, perseverance comes up. Like Phil, Tim clocked several years at this. Play the long game. If you expect to land that dream producer job in two years, you run the risk of burning your self-belief out, and you're going to need that in and out of the studio. It's cliche, but be patient with yourself starting out. Patient and absorbent. Jacob Rickard is an excellent testament to the value of being patient and absorbent. 
Jacob is the current assistant producer for Animax's weekday show on Radio 1. For Jacob, the radio bug bit early, but it was his self-taught skills that got him noticed. I was really lucky in that when I was quite young, I was about 14, I knew exactly what I wanted to do, which was to be a producer of a specialist music radio show. And when I was 14, I kind of had no idea what that meant. So it was all very good timing that I met someone from Radio Kent, which is where I'm from, managed to blag myself a little bit of work experience and that kind of thing to start with and just went to visit the studio and meet them. They were pretty amazed to find a 14-year-old who not only knew exactly what they wanted to do but had a bit of the basic skills already because I taught myself to edit at home and was doing that for fun and so I put together some little packages for them which they used on the drive time show the producer of that show ended up being the presenter of the new BBC Introducing show they needed a producer and they asked me so I was doing it while I was still at sixth form and it was really fun and it felt like a proper job and it was real professional BBC experience I ultimately always wanted to work at Radio 1 and I grew up listening to Zane Lowe which formed my kind of radio taste and also my music taste and I knew exactly where I was heading what I was working towards so introducing was the perfect kind of step after about a year and a half the presenter I was working with left to get a full-time job at Radio 1 and because I was the only person left I ended up presenting it as well which I did for about five years and I really enjoyed it. It was a really useful experience being able to see it from the other side because as a producer you often don't get the chance to present as well and so that was a really useful thing. Once I'd left school I was freelance which for the first year or so was basically sitting in bed sending emails begging for uh, any kind of opportunity and eventually started turning into some tangible paid work most of which was in London. Through various contacts I'd done through work experience, I ended up with quite regular ongoing work at Choice FM, which doesn't exist anymore. It's now Capital Extra. They just had a massive overhaul of the station and they wanted loads of new imaging. It was a random skill, not that I was ever particularly pursuing, but it's another thing as a bit of a geek I'd taught myself at home when I was 14. So I ended up doing that at Choice for about two and a half years. So it turned into pretty much a full-time job and I was getting involved in loads of the radio shows there as well as the promotional side and again because I always lean towards the specialist music cool nighttime end of things I ended up looking after loads of their specialist shows so I was kind of exec producer over the specialist shows there which was an amazing opportunity to be piloting stuff demoing people trying out ideas ultimately the, the dream was always to still be working at Radio 1 and that came about through contact through BBC Introducing and so I just met some people here and started again getting some freelance work which initially was in imaging and then was as a freelance assistant producer on radio shows across Radio 1 and 1 Extra so I was kind of floating about literally just covering a day at a time when people were either booked away on holiday or they were off sick and I spent quite a few years doing that as well probably three years I guess and that kind of overlapped a little bit was when I was working at Choice. That was the perfect way to get to know all the producers and presenters in the building. Uh, There was a very short period where I had worked on every single show on the schedule on both stations. So that was how I got to know everyone. But that was a really useful way to hone my skills across daytime. I worked on the Chris Moyles show and then the next day I'd be on Nick Grimshaw's evening show. And it was completely different, all, all different stuff at the time. That was a perfect learning curve. Eventually, I got a full-time contract as an assistant producer on Charlie Sloth's hip-hop show on Saturday night, Friction and Beat Traits, so three very specialist, very cool music shows. 
I spent six months on those and that was a lot of quite high turnaround administrative jobs as well as the creative production bit because two of those three shows are regularly pre-recorded and there's a huge amount of admin that goes with doing pre-reps. After those six months I worked at a social media agency for a bit. That was another part of building my skill set. And then I got a job as the producer of a project called BBC Sound Dog, which is a project the BBC do every year about finding new music and putting together a list at the beginning of the year of the most exciting new and sort of breaking acts. So Sound of 2015 was the one I did. And so I was the producer of that and saw it through from start to finish. And that was a really interesting cross-platform project because it was essentially being a project manager across radio and TV and online. So that was an amazing way to learn loads of stuff. And then I did six months as an assistant producer on Hugh Stevens. And then when Annie's new show started in May last year, I ended up as the AP on that. It's essentially the dream job that I had when I was listening to Zane Lowe when I was young. So I'm very happy. The genuine pleasure Jacob takes from his job is palpable. He smiled the entire time I was talking to him. There's a lot of elements you can take away from his journey. Most obviously, his adaptability. All the way along, he stepped up to take on a bigger role, regardless of whether or not he felt ready. The reality is, if you wait to feel ready, chances are you're going to be waiting a long, long time. In fact, I will save you a lot of waiting and tell you that now. Say yes to the opportunity first and trust you'll learn to feel comfortable as time moves on, because you will. Working at Radio 1 on specialist slots was his big dream, but look at all the roles he did on the way. When he recalls his journey, all he spoke about was the experience and the fun he had. He didn't walk straight into Broadcasting House, but he never lost sight of that as his dream either. Each step towards his current role afforded him chances to learn, and that's what he threw himself into. So that concludes the first episode of Presenting the Producer. As a recap, top tips. If you have access to a community radio station or a student station, it's your new gym. Get in there and start polishing your software knowledge and editing skills. Skill requirements today are broad and varied in radio. Have a look at your own and see what you could do to enhance the work you're doing now. Are you like Phil Smith and handy at video editing? Can you knock out a decent graphic on Photoshop? Are you like Jack Housen and have an encyclopedic knowledge of music? Get out some paper and jot down your non-radio skills. From there, see how you can incorporate them into radio production. Perseverance is the key to not burning out in your starter years. It goes very much in hand in hand with Tim Johns and Jacob Rickard's experiences. Play the long game in a sense. It's very possible that your path to that dream job is less of an A to B and more like a zigzag loop-de-loop. The secret of not burning out? Focus on the skills each job along the way can teach you. Keep your long-time goal in the back of your mind, but say yes to every opportunity to learn something new on the way. And finally, contacts, 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 contacts. This is applicable to life in general. But even if you're brilliant at what you do, you're going to need context to explore other areas of your industry. Even if you befriend one person a week at your station, it's a good start. You never know who could be the next helping hand. I'm always interested to hear your thoughts and comments. Drop me an email, presentingtheproducer at gmail.com, on Facebook, or you can shoot me a tweet on Twitter, at PTProducer. Next time on Presenting the Producer. It's about that synergy of individuals to create the end product. So if you're joining my team tomorrow, what I ask from you will be different from if someone else joins. Because I have to look at your strengths and your weaknesses, your aspirations, your desires and motivations and see how that can best be harnessed to complement what's already in the team and also to help deliver a good radio show.
What sort of skills does a starting assistant producer need 